Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 14, Dreamy, written by Edward Kipsis and Adam Horowitz, and directed by David Solomon. It premiered March 4th, 2012, and had a viewership of 10.67 million. A brief synopsis, Emma investigates Catherine's disappearance while Mary Margaret and Leroy help Storybrooke's nuns sell candles at the Miner's Day Festival, while flashbacks show when Grumpy fell in love. Uh, The title card features the seven dwarves. And a fun fact, this is the first episode to be named after a character. Huh, I didn't think about, like, are there more episodes that are often named after characters? Because I feel like we don't see that yeah, the wiki too had, often. Yeah, the wiki had um I think four or five episodes listed. Like I, I I'm trying to avoid uh, yeah. spoilery notes from the wiki, but um yeah, I think there were like four or five different episodes listed that because it, it has it all there in the notes. It's like this is the first episode, here's the second, here's the third, and so yeah. forth. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I did want to start start off by reminding people that there's no book chapter for this, as this is more of a character-driven episode, so we don't have the book chapter for this, which is usual. I'm not surprised. There's nothing really story-driven here for the overarching plot of the first season. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm trying to be a little... I've been editing our episodes, and I've been listening back to them, obviously, in the editing process, And for those of you who aren't aware, Ashley and I record remotely. Uh, We're in two different states. And I realized how much through the editing process, I talk over Ashley when she's saying something. So I'm trying to get better at that. There is a slight delay because of the distance that we're recording and everything. It's not bad enough that I should be as bad as I have been at talking over you, but I'm going to try to be better about it. I didn't think it's been that bad, but... Clearly you have from watching it. Well, in, in the editing, I realized, oh, my, every time that you're making a point, I'm just sitting there going, yeah, yeah, I, I am listening. That's something I just do in daily conversation, but. Oh, I do that too, so. Yeah, but, I, I uh, see, I just understand. did it then. <laughs> yeah, but, but, I understand too. I fully understand. Yeah, and, and again, all right, diving into the episode. Above the Enchanted Forest, Nova, a fairy, is transporting a bag of fairy dust. The blue fairy is there and tells her it is very precious, as it is the entire year's supply. Nova wants to know when she will be a fairy godmother and is surprised to be told that it will not be for a long time. The blue fairy calls her a dreamer, and as the two fly off, an unaware Nova jostles the bag of dust, some of it falls from the bag, into a mine nursery, and onto a dwarf egg. The dwarf is seen hatching from the egg. And my only notes here are dwarves come from eggs and they're also fully clothed. 
Yeah, we get a lot about dwarf culture here, and oh boy, does none of it make sense this entire episode. There's no explanations. In regards to the fairies, why are they keeping literally all a year's worth of dust in one bag? Somebody explain this to me. Why are we doing this? If it's this valuable, it's explained to us how valuable and important fairy dust is to making the world work, and we're keeping it in one giant bag given to a fairy who is clearly clumsy and should not be in charge of the bag. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was it Nova, knowing how she is, why entrust her with this task? But I don't know. But why have it in one bag anyway? Why isn't, why isn't it like already dispersed into little bags and each little fairy comes and gets their bags? Surely that's a possibility. And it's interesting too, because fairies, I mean, they have other magic outside of fairy dust. Yes. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know how important the fairy dust actually is. So. I mean, I see, like, they also mentioned later, you know, like, fairies don't really see the regular world very often. And that just makes me question, is that why there's only one of them getting the bag? Because we're keeping mm. them from all going there and, like, having a good time or whatever we think the fairies are going to do. Meanwhile, if they all showed at once, the blue fairy would be there in charge getting everybody through and then everybody goes back away right like yeah there's definitely a better way to do this than send one clumsy fairy to go pick up the giant bag of dust i agree in storybrook at granny's diner leroy is eating when walter and mr clark show up asking him to move which he refuses to do mary margaret enters announcing miners day and asking for people to help her sell candles but everyone is still angry about her affair with David, and they turn away. She asks Leroy if he would help, but he insults her by stating that she is the only person in town that people like less than him. Emma Swan chases after an upset Mary Margaret and asks about Miner's Day. Mary Margaret knows she is responsible for everyone dropping out of the Miner's Day festival. So my only note here is Leroy saying to Mary Margaret, quite a team we make and that's some that they do make quite a team in the enchanted forest what he calls her here too is very again not exactly pg for a disney 8 p.m abc show during a very prime family hour of television well doesn't he call her a harlot yeah i mean it's not like awful but it's not yeah there's worse words. There's definitely worse, but... Yeah, I, I think uh, Harlot's going to go over little kids' heads for the most part. Could be wrong, but... Maybe. Yeah. While walking, Leroy has glitter fall on him, and he meets Astrid, a nun from the convent, who is trying to get the lights to work. He offers his assistance, which she is happy to accept. Leroy is smitten by her and tells her of his dream to sail around the world. She tells him, you can do anything as long as you dream it, and she believes he will do it someday. Oh, you have a lot of notes. In my notes here, I have Astrid's statement, someone once told me, you can do anything as long as you dream it, is a paraphrase of a quote by Walt Disney, and the quote goes, if you can dream it, you can do it. Leroy's desire to sail is a reference to actor Lee Arnberg's role as the pirate Pintel in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, the actor who plays Leroy. Uh, he also oh. played Pintel. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they they made his desire to sail, sail a reference to that. Wow, I didn't even think of that, but 
yeah kudos that's such a good reference yeah and then um the name astrid it is an old scandinavian name which means divinely beautiful it is traditionally a feminine name but can be used for babies of any gender it comes from two old norse words bridged together oz meaning god and foyer i think i'm saying that correctly which means beautiful uh, because of this combination, some translations of the, of the name could also mean God's strength. It originated somewhere around the 10th century AD. Some people believe it comes from the Latin word astra. However, that is a different word meaning of the stars. And I found this interesting because uh, I was raised Catholic and traditionally Catholic nuns have to choose their name from a Catholic saint. And the only thing I could find about Astrid was Asteria of Bergamo, and she was also known as Hysteria. Uh, she was an Italian saint and martyr. She, was, she is the patron saint of Bergamo in northern Italy. She died in 307 AD, and she was a Catholic who was arrested, tortured, and beheaded for refusing to worship the god Juniper as the Roman emperor Maximum had ordered. So, I don't know if Astrid would actually be her name. I think, Interesting. yeah, I think the writers were trying to do something clever with like Astrid, Astra, Star, but kind of got it wrong, I guess. Going with Noah as well, Nova yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, since Nova was her name in the Enchanted yeah. Form. Yeah. In fact, I think, uh, I think all the fairies, except for two of them, have star names. I saw that somewhere in a note. I can't remember where, but. That would make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, my only note for that was really, Man, Astrid was touching Leroy's face so much unnecessarily. Yeah. It was making me uncomfortable. Yeah, these these nuns uh for being nuns, they were very touchy. Yeah. Emma is taking pictures of Catherine's car when Sydney shows up. Sydney tells her he will help get her into contact with someone who can get Catherine's phone records. David shows up and Emma and Sid Sydney wonder if he knows. And I, my note here is Sydney saying, with a scoop like this, the mirror will have to take me back. And Emma saying to him, hold on, Tiger, you don't want to work for Regina again. And I like, so Regina owns the newspaper? I mean, hypothetically, she does because she pretty much has to do her dirty work, though I thought it was Sydney doing her dirty work. Yeah. I just thought it was a silly line. Also, I find it funny that he got fired because like at first it definitely seems like he was much more in charge at mm -hmm. the mirror. Yeah, he's the editor. Yeah. So I guess she must own the newspaper then. Yeah, because how did he get fired? Yeah. Like yeah. all right, maybe it wasn't as silly as I thought. In the mines, Bossy cleans up the newly hatched dwarf. He states he saw a woman before he hatched. Bossy tells him about his job in the mines and introduces him to his brothers who all hatched from a clutch of eight eggs. They all get axes, which magically reveal their names. When this dwarf holds up his new axe, the name Dreamy appears engraved on the handle. The dwarves go off into the mines. And my only note is as they march off into the mines, they whistle hi-ho. You know, I just want to say this now. I, I didn't know what Bossy's name was, and I just kept marking in notes being like, Boss Dwarf, Boss Dwarf. So I'm like, I'm glad my initial opinion was a bossy was boss yeah i i think it, i don't know if it's this episode i know there is an episode where 
they say it, but it's also- Oh, they mention it later in the episode. Okay. It's just not mentioned right away. So okay. like, we yeah. never hear the name. Yeah, so he's... I was just like, I'm just going to call him Bostorf because that's what he is. He is. Yeah. He's a boss. Back in Storybrooke, Leroy goes to marry Margaret and agrees to sign up for selling candles. Astrid told him that she accidentally ordered too much helium and spent the entire budget. The rent is due next week, and Mr. Gold will not give them a break on it. Leroy promises her that they will sell all the candles, and he will help them. I have two notes here. Astrid, if we miss a payment, we're out. Then he'll reassign us and have, and have us leave Storybrooke. And she's saying that's about Mr. Gold. And my question was, how does Mr. Gold influence where the nuns are assigned to? He's rich enough to have influence over the Catholic Church. And also Astrid mentions only selling 42 candles last year. And this is a lost reference as the number 42 is one of the numbers in lost. I find it so interesting from the perspective of is this, if this was a real nunnery and like not related to a magical town that just appeared out of nowhere, essentially these people, like the Catholic church would take care of the nuns and there wouldn't be a money problem because the money would be coming from the church. It wouldn't be coming from them necessarily. Yeah, they have to raise money, but it, it all goes into a collective exactly. pool or whatever and gets dispersed. David is surprised at Catherine's disappearance. Emma asks him to tell the truth, and he tells her that he has not said a word to her since they ended things. Emma promises to find her. Regina receives a fax in her office consisting of Catherine's phone records. She phones Sydney, telling him that they will prove helpful. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Nova is filling up a bag of fairy dust in the mines but has trouble turning off the machine. Dreamy helps her turn off the machine, but the fairy dust almost ends up in a fire before Dreamy manages to save it. He tells her that she would make a great fairy godmother. So I have here that Nova tells Dreamy she is going to watch the fireflies, and he says, have fun. Listen, he's only been alive, like, barely a no. year like he's been alive a year he's so young he has no clue what's going on yeah I, I get that it just it just made me laugh in the scene because she was clearly giving him signals which they even say later in the episode yeah it's explained but, later so funny yeah back in Storybrooke Mary Margaret is trying to sell candles but no one will buy them from her Leroy suggests they go door to door Emma meets with Sydney and Sydney thinks that Mary Margaret is to blame for Catherine's disappearance the door-to-door sales fail as everyone slams their door in their faces. So a couple notes here. There are some hidden details. The cartoonish carnival cutouts, the things that you put your face in the hole and you look like yeah. a different character. Uh, there were cartoon carnival cutouts of dwarves in front of the town hall during preparations for Miner's Day. They can also be seen behind Mary Margaret's desk as Leroy volunteers. Interesting. And, I didn't even notice those. Yeah, the only reason uh, I noticed it was because I saw the notes from the wiki first. And then when it popped up in the episode, I was like, oh, it is there. The real life Vancouver based donut treat establishment, Molly's Minis food cart is set up across from Mary Margaret and Leroy's candle tent. And when Mary Margaret and Leroy are selling candles door to door, 
A tall, slender man opens the door eating a carrot. Then a smiling, plump wife appears. The couple is similar to Jack Spratt and his wife in Mother Goose in the Mother Goose rhyme, which goes, Jack Spratt could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean. And so betwixt the two of them, they licked their platters clean. Interesting. Yeah, just a little. I don't know. I imagine they actually did put that in purposely as a reference that that yeah, that would make sense though. Yeah. That would go over 90% of people's heads. So. Yeah. Well, cause sometimes in the notes on the wiki, I'm like, mm, is this fan fiction? But this time I was like, you know, I, I bet you they actually did put that in there. Uh, my only thought here though, is Sydney playing the like ring toss games, like not doing anything for, to help Emma. Mm-hmm. And like, is he officially working with, does he actually work for the sheriff's office at this point? Like, I thought he was, but then like, he's off doing nothing 90% of the time Emma's doing anything. Yeah, I mean, he works, if he does work for the sheriff's office, it's for such a short time period that uh, I doubt he even got a paycheck, you know? Who knows? Back in the Enchanted Forest, Bossy sits down in a bar with Dreamy, who is saying that he does not feel like himself. Belle is there and tells him that he is in love. She describes to him how being in love feels, but says that it does not always last forever. She says that he needs to go be with the person he loves. He tells her about the fireflies, and Belle points out that she would like to go there with him, but tells him that she had her heart broken enough. And my only note here is that Dreamy's mug depicts the story of the Pied Piper. Uh, I just love seeing Belle here randomly. Yeah. Like, I forgot she kind of pops up like this on occasion. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good use. Like, we've criticized the show in the past for not using, or for using background extras that never show up again. But this was a good use of a character yeah. in, in a story that, like, intertwining the stories of the different characters. Leroy meets with Astrid to tell her about the candles, but cannot tell her the news and lies to her about selling all the candles, which leaves Mary Margaret surprised. Mary Margaret tells him that the total cost of all the candles is $5,000. Mary Margaret notices he likes Astrid and Leroy says he will get the $5,000. So my note here is Leroy pointing out Mary Margaret is a hypocrite for judging him for liking a nun when she liked a married man. I mean, both of those are kind of awful when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. So argue Leroy's is much less distasteful in the sense that he's not really doing anything necessarily wrong. No, uh, he, he can like who he likes. And even if, um, let's say, I don't know how hypothetical we want to get into this, but well, I'll just use the example of uh, The Sound of Music, the movie The Sound of Music. That's based on a semi-true story about a woman who was going to be a nun and left the convent because she fell in love with a man and, you know, they ended up together. So I don't know. I suppose it could happen is the point. Yeah. Nova and Dreamy meet on the hill and she points out all of the lights. He tells her that she is lucky that she gets to see the world and says that they should get a boat. The fireflies show up and Nova kisses him, saying that they should meet back there the next night after she has delivered the fairy dust and that they will sail away and see the world together. 
it's a romantic gesture true yeah. love and all if that's what this is yeah it's it's a pretty cute scene between the two of them they make a cute couple leroy meets with mr gold and says that he needs five thousand dollars and will sell his boat to him after failing to interest mr gold in purchasing the boat Leroy offers just to give it to him if he will forgive the nun's missing month's rent. Mr. Gold says that he will not forgive any missing rent for the convent since he has a long, complicated history with the nuns. Astrid shows up and brings him a pie to thank him, but she notices all the candles under a tarp, and he admits that he was unable to sell them. He says that he is sorry and that she believed in the wrong guy. And my only note here is Leroy saying to Gold, you don't like nuns? Who doesn't like nuns? And Mr. Gold saying, I have my reasons. So what I find interesting here, and we might, we might want to cut out what I'm about to say, is like, mm. Mr. Gold says he has a long, complicated history relationship with the nuns. I assume he's talking about the fairies here because we all know he's awake at this point. Yeah. So... Are we referring to what we kind of learn at the end of the very series here? Like what we learned towards the very end of the second to last season about- Oh, of season six. Fairies, yeah, fairies and non-fairies in regards to his storyline more so than anybody else. I Do you would... think that they planned that far ahead no. is what I'm saying? No, <laughs> like... no I, I think it just more so has to do with what they already had planned yeah. this season. We'll, we'll cut this out, but in a, um, most likely, but in uh, just a few episodes down the line, uh, Rumpelstiltskin has a run-in with the Blue Fairy involving his son, Balefire. Yeah. And that's just one of the many reasons that Rumpelstiltskin has a problem with, with, I would think from a writer's perspective at this point, they may have, they may have been like, oh, at some point a fairy is going to be revealed. They may have had that like as a note somewhere, yeah. but like- I don't. I don't think they had the season six idea because yeah because i'm saying like he has a very complicated history with fairies like even more so than the blue fairy stuff in just a few episodes like it's arduous to be honest like what he goes through and i like yeah the fact that they say it here like in this episode so early on is it it does it wild does, yeah it does work for what happens later but I think it works with what they have planned already. Emma is at the office when Sydney brings over the phone records. Sydney notes a call t- uh, to Catherine from David made an hour before the car crash. Leroy meets Mary Margaret at the Miner's Day Festival that night, and she tells him that she must have been dreaming if she thought they could accomplish anything together, as she has still not sold any candles. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Dreamy is leaving the dwarves when he is stopped by Stealthy. This interaction awakens the other dwarves. He tells them that he is in love and wants to be with Nova. They offer him his pickaxe, but he tells them he doesn't need it anymore. Later, Bossy shows up and says that he cannot leave, saying dwarves cannot love. The Blue Fairy shows up and backs up what Bossy is saying, and that it will not end well if they are together. She tells him he could cost Nova her dream of becoming a fairy godmother. And then I said in my notes here, I suppose the blue fairy does have the gift of foresight. She tells Dreamy that Nova will become a great fairy if he chooses not to be with her. 
honestly, this whole scene just feels like they gaslit into him into feeling like, oh, never mind. This is a terrible idea. And like they ganged up on him with it. Yeah. It's strange because they might not be wrong, though, because they don't know that the fairy dust fell on Dreamy's egg. So he might be like the first dwarf to be able to love because of that. Yeah. And they might like, I think the fact that they don't know about the fairy dust, but also how does that change? Because Nova dropped the dust on him, essentially. Like, does that have some connection with what happened there? Like, yeah, him falling for her specifically. Probably. Is it really love or is it the fairy dust enhancing love that could have been there, but not necessarily would have been there? Like, Mm. would they have met and would it have mattered under any other circumstances? Yeah, it's almost like a compulsive love potion. Yeah. So it's a good thing they didn't get together because under that circumstance, they would have had Tom Riddle as a child who becomes Lord Voldemort and, and murders them. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame Disney doesn't have the rights to to that because they would have worked that uh, they would have worked the Wizarding worked. World into it so quick. I mean, the way that they that they threw uh, what is it in there? Oh yeah, Harry Potter would have been season two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At Granny's diner, Mary Margaret points out that as a nun, Astrid is unavailable. Leroy remarks on the similarity of their situations. He says he never wanted to disappoint Astrid. He asks her about her good memories with David and says that, and says that is what life is about, your good memories. Leroy tells her to stop feeling sorry for herself. Leroy says there is only one thing that can fix the pain. He goes up to the roof and uses his pickaxe to break the electric box. This causes a power outage that covers the whole town. People then come over to buy candles. My note here is Mary Margaret thought that Leroy went onto the roof to jump off and Leroy saying, I'm not going to jump. I could hit someone. Do you know how much damage I could do? I'm solidly built. That was hilarious. Yeah. Also, I think it's such good advice when he's talking about we need to hold on to our good memories. And that was some good, uh, hopeful conversation there. Yeah. More than uh, Mary Margaret slash Snow White even realizes. Yes. Yeah. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Nova waits on the hill when Dreamy shows up. Nova tells him that he needs to see something, and she shows him a ship. Dreamy tells her that he cannot go with her. He tells her that they belong with their own kind. He questions that they are special, but she insists that they are in love, and that makes them special. Dreamy says they need to put their dream away. Nova says she loves him, but he says he cannot love. In the mines, an unhappy Dreamy takes up his axe and violently starts hitting the rocks with it. He breaks his old axe and asks for a new one. Wow, that was a tongue twister. When he grabs it, the axe reveals his new name to be Grumpy. My note here is all the dwarves could tell something was wrong with Dreamy as they all stopped and watched him while he was using his axe. Oh, they were all like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. Also interesting that your name could be changed just by your attitude change. Yeah, well, it it shows who uh, they really are, I guess, on the inside. Yeah. Because he gave away all of his dreams and everything. So now he's just grumpy. 
back in Storybrooke, Mary Margaret and Leroy are having a, a lot of success selling the candles and end up selling all of them. Leroy goes over to Astrid and gives her all the money. He tells her he will fix up the boat and then they can go sailing together. And just then fireflies appear around the festival. So romantic and cute. Yeah. Meanwhile, Regina shows up at Emma's office requesting information, but Emma doesn't give her any. Mary Margaret, while walking to her car, sees the word tramp still written on the window. But then Granny takes her a candle and lights it, showing she has forgiven her. Emma arrives and tells David that they need to talk. Mary Margaret watches him as he enters the car with a surprised face. So I have a, a few notes here. If you pause and read Catherine's phone record, it turns out Storybrooke zip code is 04815. And while that is the right sequence for a Maine zip code, it is not used in Maine or even in the United States. 04815 is a postal code used in Spain and Peru. Well then, that's interesting. Well, I guess they didn't want to use a real postal code and have people using it, you know? Yeah, possibly. And in the hidden details, when Regina visits the sheriff's station, a pair of boots are in Emma's office, sitting on a desk behind her. These are Sheriff Graham's boots, which Emma keeps in her office, and they are missing one shoelace. And it turns out Emma wears the, that shoelace around her wrist. Huh. Yeah, a little costume detail. Yeah. Uh, I just have one little note that's kind of going back to when the grumpy gets his new name. Bossy looks so shocked by the change of the axe, mm -hmm. which makes me assume that this has never happened before, that a dwarf has had their name changed. Yeah, well, as we said before, he is a unique dwarf. He might have been the first one to ever be able to love. and That's true. Yeah, so who knows? I have some trivia here. This is the first episode without Jared S. Gilmore as Henry Mills. This is the first episode, Elon Bailey, who portrays August Booth, is billed as starring, despite not appearing in the episode. There were some reused props. During the Miner's Day, a yellow tent with green stripes on the roof, as well as a white and yellow tent, are sitting in front of the town hall. Both tents previously appeared at the soldiers' camps, where soldiers were getting ready to slay the dragon in The Shepherd. Furthermore, the green and yellow tent also could be seen at the marketplace that adult Jiminy visited with his parents in that still small voice. Huh. Uh, yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a recycled set and it's the set that Rumpelstiltskin's cell was used for. It also doubles as the dwarf's minds for the episode. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Guest star Amy Eckard, who played Nova slash Astrid, starred in the show Angel. And the note here said that this episode's director, David Solomon, directed a lot of those episodes. However, I went to his IMDb page, and he's credited with, uh, with directing 19 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but not Angel. I know those two shows are in the same universe, but it didn't have any episodes of Angel listed on his director credits. The dreamy Nova kiss sequence was spoofed in Chelsea Lately, episode 6.40, which uh, was in 2012, uh, that Chelsea Handler show that she had. 
I guess they spoof the kissing sequence. Interesting. Yeah. And finally, on the season two DVD extras, there is a newscast in Storybrooke, which shows that Astrid left the convent and started a cooking show. And Lee Arnberg, who plays Leroy, in a 2020 interview with The Dip, which I guess is an online magazine publication, I'm not really sure, said, in the extra scenes, there is a feature called Good Morning Storybrooke. It is a take on Good Morning America or a Today Show kind of thing. There's a scene where they meet and basically she tells him that it couldn't have worked because he didn't listen to her. Maybe because they had bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? I'm a supporting player, a recurring character, he said, implying the show's creators perhaps wanted to focus on Snow White and Prince Charming finding each other again instead. Ultimately, though, Armberg acknowledged that Grumpy did find his own kind of happy ending. If you think about it, he's the luckiest guy. He's best friends with Belle, and he pals with Red. So, I guess I mean, was... here's my issue with that: is like, even if that's true, like mm. what you know, his interpretation of what was done there. Like, you're telling me him and Astrid couldn't have met up in the other six seasons of the show that exist yeah well because spoilers for the rest of the series astrid never comes back yeah and i think i would have liked to see that at some point like i think you eventually give up that it's going to happen but somewhere in season two maybe season three would have been like a perfect opportunity or time to like just bring her back and like show that like maybe they were out on a date like you don't even have to focus on them it could just be like in the background of an episode like them sitting at a table at granny's and you're being like oh yeah they're together that's great like it it could literally just be them breaking up if the showrunners didn't want to have them together like it could literally just be emma walks into granny's diner and astrid gets up from the table and like leaves angry and that but that's all we need oh okay it's wrapped up that's all we needed or like he could have mentioned at some point like yeah we were gonna sail around the world but because of you know the curse breaking and stuff like we couldn't do that anymore mm-hmm. yeah who knows they could have done anything but that's all i have on this episode anything else you'd like to say no i'm good all right well then That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day.